0: Um, as frequent as frequent as we once was, I guess I didn't share. <laughs> oh my
1: god.
0: <laughs> Hi everyone. After a break of about three weeks, Saunon is now back with our 13th episode featuring just Mel and I because we do not have any guests for this week. But anyway, we were off for a while because we were busy with our internships but that has now ended so we hope the uh, recording more frequently again. So, after talking about something more serious in the last episode with Serena about tuition fees, we are now going for something simpler this time, which is about comfort zones and vulnerabilities, Um, however you'd like to phrase it. So, let's get going with episode 13. So, Mel, what can you tell us about comfort zones?
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, this is really awkward because we haven't, we haven't recorded like in a month, I think. So, yeah so I think uh comfort zones I think it's different for different people for me uh I think getting out of my comfort zone would be doing something out of my routine or out of something that I'm comfortable with and when I come out of my come out of my comfort zone, I think I'll feel more vulnerable, more like uncomfortable.
0: yeah, I think that's probably the same for all of us. I think for me, like comfort zones is basically just as you said, uh me coming out and doing something that I usually will not do. And I think that one of the ways in which all of us have probably come out of our comfort zones is basically um, going to university. So what can you tell us about your experience in university? So um, when we go back to the UK this year, I mean, if we are all going back to UK um, this year, that's going to be our third year. Uh, so. So, clearly, like, going to university was definitely coming out of a comfort zone. So, how did you feel when you first went to Sheffield? Like, how was that in a way of you um, sort of, like, starting to do things that you usually wouldn't do?
1: Yeah, I think it's quite timely to talk about this because I think it's exactly two years ago that we both mm-hmm. started um, our first year right, in September. So, yep. my experience going to the UK... So, first of all, I've never... I've never... Um, I've never lived apart from my parents before. And also, secondly, I've never even been to the UK before that. So I think that was like one of the scariest. Oh, and also, thirdly, I didn't know anyone who... I didn't have any friends who were going to the same uni as me. So I was basically going into mm. a uni and going into a city that um, that I completely knew no one. Like it's really like completely starting afresh. So... Um, for me, it was really scary to the point where, okay, I think the the whole process of you know applying to UK unis, getting your visa, flying there, um, because I flew there with my parents, uh, so I think all of that was still okay because I feel like at that point mm-hmm. it hadn't really hit me yet, like that I'll be studying yeah. in the UK, because it felt yeah. a bit like a holiday at first because I had my family with me, right, and then I mm-hmm. think the moment it really hit me was when my parents um, dropped me off at my accommodation in Sheffield. And, yeah, and that was basically the last time I was going to see them for, like, almost a year. And then, mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, like, okay, damn, like, this is this is serious, you know, like, like, okay, so, like, I was sitting on my bed, I was crying, I was like, what in the world am I doing? Like, I don't even know, <laughs> I don't even know how to, like, i never lived apart from, it, you know, like, like, yeah, like energy in my head. I was like, "What in the what am I doing?" Like, I don't even know what I'm gonna eat for lunch tomorrow. And I think that I can like just be here in a foreign country yeah. without anyone, right? And then um, also because I had I had no friends, and then I only knew this one Malaysian, um, uh, Peching, uh, who yeah. like we met during the pre-departure briefing for Sheffield, right? So there was like only one person. I didn't even know her. I only knew her as someone who. Wanted to go to Sheffield, and then um, at that night I was like, I was like showering. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, what's going on? And then um, I was supposed to meet meet my friend, but then um, she said that she had she had other plans last minute because uh, she was going to a flatmate. Uh, then I was like, oh my god, people are having friends. I, I don't I don't know anyone. <laughs> so at that, at that point it was like yeah, it was really scary though. But yeah, I think that was the 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 moment of my life where no more in my life where I really got out of my comfort zone and I think it's the same for everyone like not just people who who went to the UK or went to another country I think it's for everyone like like starting uni is scary starting college is scary as well so yeah because it's just like going through different phases in your life right Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah
0: yeah I mean that was the case for me as well I think like which is why I actually brought up university because I think the, the, the scariest thing for me about university was actually like um, making friends all over again because uh, I don't know if this was the same for you uh, in Malaysia, but basically uh, my primary school and my secondary school are really close to each other. So a lot of people from primary school actually went to the same secondary school as I did. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, so I've
0: always had like this group of friends that I've known for more than five years in many instances. Like, you know, the the degree of closeness between all of us definitely varied according to... Um, Um, years according to like which form we were in and all that. But it's like you always know these people over there. So you're basically not that alone. And so me going to university is basically like starting all over again, like trying to speak to new people again on my own because I've made many new friends while I was at um, secondary school as well, like from like secondary school to, from primary school to secondary school. But the thing is that this is the biggest thing, which is that I never had to make friends on my own when I was in school because yeah. the new friends that I become close to or that I make, I often start those relationships with other existing friends. So it's like one group of friends making friends with another guy oh, or okay. another, you know what I mean? So it's yeah, always yeah. like the group always there or the main group was always there. And this was how I actually stayed in my comfort zone because like, let's get like primary school and let's just talk about secondary school only, which is like five years. Like you, I've had this group of friends that I've known for five years and um, we've basically like grown together. we matured together and all that. So we kind of like know everything about each other. And my mistake was that when I left secondary school for SPM to go to college, that should have been my first step in coming out of my comfort zone. But the thing is, when I was in college, I didn't really come out of my comfort zone. Like, yeah, I I did make like a couple of close friends while I was in college as well, but not as many as I should have because um, I could always just go back to my secondary school friends every Friday or every weekend. So that was the problem, but when I came to university, right, nobody that I was close to from my batch were going to Britain to study, and none of them were actually going to Sheffield as well. So I had to start all over again, and that was actually the biggest, that was actually one of the hardest things I had to go through. Um, As ridiculous as it sounds, um, we should be more concerned about how we're going to progress in university for studies and all that. But for me, I was more concerned about friends, like, until, until I arrived. And I think that some people in Sheffield that um, we probably know, Mike have thought that, you know, Chris was a bit uptight when they first met him because, um like, he wasn't as easygoing as... Ah, uh, really, man? Annoying them. Yeah, I mean, some people say that, like, that's what... um. One of our friends said, I'll tell you who he is later on. <laughs> he, he, he met me at the pre departure briefing at Sunway, and he was just like, This guy is like so, like,
1: oh, okay. Not, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It was like, it was like so not chill, you get what I mean? But for me, it was just like, I needed time to come out of my comfort zone to start to get to know new people and all that. So, making mm. friends, that was probably one of the biggest challenges that I have that I had to go through. But, you know, I think that I've come out of that comfort zone already. I think I've made a uh, relatively good number of new friends, close friends, and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think, so, getting to know new people, it it, it, it it might be, like, a very small thing because we meet new people all the time. But I don't know if you get what I'm saying, which is that when you have to actually, like, start building relationships all over again, yeah, that's yeah, difficult. I mean.
1: mm. if, if I can add, right, I think that, I mean... Personally I think for me that was my my biggest concern also going to uni. Like it wasn't like, oh, you know, like am I gonna do well my studies? It wasn't that. It was really like will yeah. oh, I have friends? And I think that for me that was my concern because I think for me I really prioritise like my my friends and I, I don't want to say it, like for me I think I won't be I won't be happy if I don't have a community around me. If I don't have friends, I don't think I mm-hmm. can be happy. But then for some people I don't think that's the case because some people they are okay with being alone and yeah, I yeah, for me for me it's like I I don't like being alone. So for example, right, if like I I was just telling Chris just now like I hate mm. eating alone. Like I, I really cannot mm. eat alone. Um and I mean I'm okay with eating alone if I'm alone. Like if I'm at home, right? Then I'm fine eating alone. In fact I prefer eating alone if I'm at home. But then if I'm okay. in a restaurant or or in if I'm in a like school cafeteria, right? I will never eat alone. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have some friends who feel that way as well, and they actually like during break time they sit in the sit in the toilet and eat. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I are think, you
0: serious? People, yeah, like, what, yeah. they, 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 Oh my gosh, that's that's so disgusting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so
0: disgusting, but. Yeah,
1: I I think it's quite common because I think some people like it's quite common to not want to eat alone. So I don't think I'll go to a, that extent like eating in the toilet. I think I'll probably just not eat, which is not a good thing as well. So yeah, so that's just mm. one of my things. I I just I I just cannot eat alone. How about you? Like, do you think that you you prioritize your your community like do you think you're okay with like for example being in uni alone and doing your your own stuff without friends
0: yeah before i started that just not judging anyone who eats in the toilet um that was just what i <laughs> said this kind of, it was just my first reaction so i'm sorry if i <laughs> <laughs> if, if that offends anybody i don't mean it but okay um about eating alone right um for me like the thing is no actually i don't have a problem eating alone um um, if I were to go into a crowded place and eat on my own, I have no problems with that at all. At least that's all I think. But I think I'll, I'll get a bit like, um, perhaps a little bit anxious or embarrassed if like one group of people I know walk into the restaurant and they see me eating alone, I'll just be like, oh man. Oh my it gosh. Looks, it looks like as if I'm a loner. But as a whole, I don't have a problem eating alone. Like, I, I know people that um, they're very, one of their comfort zones is basically like having a very good social life, which is um, always having people around them to talk and meet and all that. Um, I think that they, they basically need that like five times a week, like five days out of five days in a week. Um, for me, I think it's lesser. I can go for like two weeks without socializing with anybody. Um, but after that period of time, I think I'll start to feel a bit lonely. I'll need to find somebody. But so in terms of like eating alone, I I'm totally cool with eating alone, but I do get a bit, Embarrassed, I think, if a group of people just see me eating alone, like basically a group of people I know see me yeah eating yeah alone yeah same that, same it, it's not something that particularly um bothers me though, but it doesn't feel good, definitely it doesn't not mm, right.
1: mm, yeah, so talking about getting into new environments and eating alone right, I think one more thing that scares me a lot is um starting work at a new place, so for example, like internships right mm. so i I am terrified when I start internships because it's a new Mm -hmm. environment. I don't know anyone and it's like so awkward because I'm probably like the only student there, the only intern. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but then internships, I think it's okay because I know like, I, I know that if everything is horrible, right, that I'll be out of the place in like two or three months. But Yep. Starting starting work, I think that would be really scary. Once once I have to like start a proper job because if I don't like the place, right, I can't just leave immediately. Yeah, yeah. So so that I think that was really scary for me starting my internship. Was it the same for you for internship?
0: Yeah, it was always like that. So I've had two internships now. My first one was before I before I went to Sheffield. Um, that was actually a very scary thing, like starting it. But, um, so when I walked in, like. Again, I was was probably probably a bit, like, um, uptight, not so friendly, I I suppose. I don't know. Um, It was a bit hard for people to, it was a bit hard for me to warm up to people I knew because one of the biggest problems that I have with internships is that I don't know what kind of relationship I'm supposed to have with the people there, my co-workers, basically. I don't know what kind of relationship I'm supposed to have with my boss. Like, am I supposed to, like, treat him with, like, a lot of respect, like literally like a real boss. Like obviously we're supposed to treat everybody with respect, but you get what I mean? That's like, if you're your boss, is it supposed to be like even more? Should you be like just, should it be a strictly uh, formal relationship? Mm. And then with fellow interns, it's like, with fellow interns, it's probably like trying to make new friends again, you know? And you don't know whether you should be treating them as friends or as co-workers. You get what I mean? So that was, that's always my biggest fear in internships. And yeah, and I also worry about what people would actually think of me. Um, when I first joined, so that is actually quite boring. But um, in my experience, for both internships, like within like two weeks of me being in there, I've established a re- I've established a very good relationship with my bosses. Um, we've become friends to a certain extent, but to a certain extent, I mean, of course, there's a little bit of boundary over there when it comes to work. But outside of work, we're mostly like uh, I should say, kind of like friends. Um, we fellow interns, like all my interns, all the fellow interns that I've had actually, we've actually become quite good friends as well. But the thing is, like I said about being judged, right? one of the things that worries me is because, for example, like, I think you were telling me just now about how um, in this place you're interning at right now, your boss has like a title of like doctor or something yeah. like that, And you don't know whether you're supposed to call him like doctor so-and-so, right? Or by his first name or his surname. And that was the case for me as well. Like in my latest internship that I just ended at. Night. This is actually really funny because so because I thought that this guy, he's my boss, right? So, I'm going to call him, like, Mr. So-and-so, like, his surname, Mr., then his surname. So that was why I was calling him all the while. And he seemed to be, like, cool with it, you know, like, it's cool. He was a really nice boss. And then I became, like, good friends with the other intern over there. And finally, she told me, like, hey, like, I think it's kind of weird that you're calling our <laughs> boss, like, Mr. So-and-so, like, like why, why are you so, like, it's, it's weird, lah. I feel like it's <laughs> weird. Why are you calling him by his surname? I just thought about it. I was just like, actually, like, if I were her also, I, I might think it's a bit weird, but I don't think I was wrong to call him Mr. Though, But by the time she told me, I was already like one month into my internship. So back after that, I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to call him by his surname. And that's what I've been doing right now. So this is just one of the examples of how I'm worried about internships as well. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's little things like that that set the first impression, you know. Because the other intern thought that I was actually probably like a very like, very serious person, or just like that studious guy who's just going to go to research all the way and not have friends because he, he's, he's so, like, formal mister and all that. So that's why, that's why I'm worried about internships sometimes that because, I said, the first impression really matters.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, oh, actually, right, I think um, going into uni and going into college is so much easier than, than starting a new job. Because in mm-hmm. uni, right, everyone wants to make friends. like legit yeah. like especially in the start of the semester. Like every corner you, you go you you find someone and then you ask like, oh what's your name? So it's so it's very easy because at that time everyone wants to make friends. But then in, in the in the office, right, it's like people people are not there to make friends and like when you just join people there already know each other for like I, I don't know like how many years. So yeah, I think that that was really hard for me as well in in, in the office setting. And also um I found it a lot harder to get close to my colleagues instead of, like, instead of friends in uni, right? For example, your friends mm. in, in uni, like, you can just, like, chill and ask about, like, their personal life. I mean, to, to get to know them better. Okay. But then, like, for colleagues, right, it's like, I feel weird, like, asking you, like, oh, are you married? Like, <laughs> it's, like, such such a weird question. Mm. But then, but then like, I, I don't know what else to, to ask, you know, like, like, during lunchtime or something.
0: Yeah, I got you, mean, exactly. So, um, every time, like, for both internships, right, the first meal out together, it's a bit, like, awkward, <laughs> you get what I mean? So, and honestly, for me, like, since we're talking about comfort zones or vulner vulnerabilities or whatever we like to call it, um, as for comfort zones, I think that one of the ways, one of the hardest ways for me to come out of my comfort zone is actually talking to new people. Like, which is why I think that I might be very extroverted to some people, but in some ways, I'm actually, like, quite, I'm very comfortable with the people I know already, you get what I mean?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Of course, I'll make an effort to speak to new people, but that also takes a bit of an effort sometimes in that way. But, you know, what about you though? Like, so for, for somebody who has run for, like, society president, right? Um, like, up, for example, Malaysian and Singaporean society. Um. Um, was that a way for you to come out of your comfort zone? Like th- that, th- that forced you to come out of your comfort zone when you decided that you want to take up the job of like President?
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. So, um, so previously, all of the positions that I've run for, like for example, in school or in college, it's always yeah. um it's always an interview and like a few people mm-hmm. making the decision. Uh, yeah. so I think that for me is less scary, but for uh when I ran for the position in Maesong, right? That was actually mm-hmm. uh, public voting. So, like, the members voted for you. So, it's like, I don't know, like, close to, like close to 50 people or more than that uh, voting for you saying Probably that they... That.
0: Probably your year that, or you had more, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's like so many people voting for you and saying that, oh, like, I... Uh, i want you or i don't want you so that was really scary and also for me right i think it was like public humiliation if let's say i didn't get the position mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know if i'll be able to handle it well if i didn't get the position i mean i think I'll, I'll pretend that i'm okay but deep down i'm like shit you know so um yeah so i think that was really scary and also because um i was running for president which is something i've never done before i've never mm-hmm. like I've never been the president, but I'm always like, you know, the, the second in command or something. So, so yeah, I think that was really scary. Also because I was running against uh two, two seniors. So yeah, so uh, that was definitely, that yeah, that was definitely really, really scary. But I, I say that I came out of my comfort zone for that, but I don't, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. <laughs> Probably not. lah.
0: Yeah. yeah, so that is something, you know, like what you mentioned about voting and all that, right? So that is one of the places where I actually, I have not come out of my comfort zones. So, you know, for someone doing my course or someone like me, like I'm probably like, I'm definitely very intrigued in like elections and stuff like that, right? Like um, I can be very critical of people who are running. So um, when people who were, or people who ran for like the mess up president's position and all that, whatever position, like um, I did have many discussions about um, what they plan to do and all that. So I can you you can be like critical, in a, in a good way, you know, like ev- evaluating your choices and all that. But um, I don't think it's something that I'd ever that I would ever dare to do while I'm still in university, at least. Because um, first things first, like um, I have ran for elections that- <laughs> before. But that, like, in high school, but basically that was like, so the highest, the only elected position that I got numerous times when I was in high school, secondary school, was basically like class monitor. <laughs> so that was just an internal class election where like, I mean, I kind of like expected to win already mm. because uh, first and foremost, like not many people were running for it. And second of all, like everyone's your friend over there. So like, I don't think they'll have an issue with you becoming class monitor, right? And I mean, I don't think I was the best class monitor, anyway. But <laughs> that being said, but anyway, uh, so running for like a position in a uh, the cats behind me, okay? You hey. <laughs> see his tail.
1: Yeah, the tail is sticking out.
0: Yeah, but okay. Anyway, um, running for like a position in societies, right? Um, that's something I wouldn't dare to do because first, thing, first things first, is I think I'm actually scared of. I'm actually I, I'm scared like my, like my vulnerabilities will get exposed when I run. That's the first thing I think. I I I kinda like don't want my I kinda like don't want my um, weaknesses to get exposed in a certain way. Um, and second of all, I think I'm just worried about not winning. You get what I mean? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean
1: yeah, that's my worry. Because
0: like I'm not I'm not saying I'm not trying to make a sweeping statement or anything, but like it or not, right? In university, right, in many instances, um, when you run for position, I think your popularity or how known you are matters in a certain way in how the vote will help, you get what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: So, I'm always worried about that in the sense that, you know, what if I'm not, like, known enough? Why am I not popular enough? Or basically, why people don't buy what I'm saying? Which is why I, which is why that's my comfort zone. Like, I'd rather just be an ordinary member of the society rather than run for anything. Which is why I think that um, I've got um, nominations to become one position during meso.
1: Yeah, you rejected candidate. it.
0: I can't remember. Yeah, I rejected it because these, these are the reasons why I rejected it. Like, I'm not comfortable um, running for those positions yet. And the point that you made about second in command, like, that's another comfort zone that I'm in. Like, you know, I can be quite uh, a, a, a critical person in a way—not in a bad way—but like, I can question people's judgments and all that. And like, I don't know if this is just my ego or what, but I think that at times, I think that how I question people, like, even if I don't say it to them, when I think about it in my own head, I think that. What I'm saying is justified or warranted, but the thing is, I'm quite comfortable being a second in command because I think that um, I'm kind of just very comfortable taking instructions from people when it comes to societies. As long as like people are not making me do something stupid, or if basically they are a good boss, they are a good leader, then I have no qualms taking instructions of that. And I think it's because I'm very comfortable, um, basically not having to bear most of the responsibilities. You get what I mean. It's mm-hmm. like if you are the leader, right, if something goes wrong, um, the buck stops at you, you get what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: But if you are like the second in command, like, yeah, like you, you, you will be um, uh, accountable for if anything goes wrong or whatever. Anything goes wrong or whatever, but like, I think the scale of it is not as severe. So that's in one ways where, one of the ways where I've not come off my comfort zone, which is basically, I'm kind of like, I find it very daunting to run for these positions as well. And yeah. perhaps I could be, and perhaps I could be a bit lazy that's what people determine. mean I think actually
1: I think uh, coming out of comfort zones right, I don't think it's a one time thing as well, like for example, for mm. me, right just because I ran for this position once and just because I came out of my comfort zone that one time doesn't mean I'm forever out of it like i have to I have to come out of my comfort zone again to do it again, which I, like I said just now, I don't, I don't think I'll ever run for such a position again. So yeah, so I think um, it's definitely a process. Like it's not like a one-time thing that like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm out of my comfort zone that I can do it again. Definitely. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I think, I think that's actually a very good point because like for people who have always like run for elections, be it in university, in societies, or even like in, um, in like real life, like politics and all that, I think that every like election, for example, like they might be doing it for like 10 times already, but they're probably still a bit afraid and uncomfortable yeah. because you can, never, you can never tell how things are supposed to go. You know what I mean? Which is why I find it very uncomfortable at times because I don't like uncertainties, basically, which is why I don't run for these things. So that's something that I'll probably have to work on. Um, I have come out of my comfort zones in ways in which where I have participated in uh, leadership roles in. Uh, events and all that, but every time I'm supposed to start a new one, I get a bit anxious myself. Um, it's just like um, MUN, when I was the modern United Nations for Sheffield, I was the well, I was basically in one of the committees for the event, for the conference we were going to have. That was the first one. Like That was very daunting to me. Didn't I kind of like did that pretty well. It, it went well. I was like, okay, that was good. And then um, when Sheffield Malaysian Games came out, I was a bit worried about that as well. So I think mm. that yeah, I think you. I, I think that in some cases you don't really come out of your comfort zones. Um, it's always a process that starts all over again every time, I suppose. But obviously, that depends on that varies according to individuals.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think okay. So maybe now we can talk about um, clown on, right? Do you think that yep. creating this podcast channel was something like going out of your comfort zone?
0: For me, yeah, definitely. It was coming out of my comfort zone. Like, this podcast was really, like, coming out of my comfort zone because um, I might, because, which is why I think that when you ask me whether or not I want to be, like, whether I want to join you to become, like, the co-founder, I think I took about a day or two to get back to you on it. Mm. Yeah, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't, like, immediately, like, yes, I want to do it. Because the thing is, I mean, this is me coming out of my comfort zone because um, I don't know if you or any of the viewers would have noticed is that, um, whilst I might speak a lot well, I might talk a lot when you guys see me and all that I think that in many ways I don't express myself as freely as I would especially online so obviously with friends and all that I'm I'm very I express myself really freely but the fact that I'm going to be recorded for what I'm saying I think that was actually a bit concerning for me I was quite I was a bit uncomfortable with that at the very beginning because I was, I was worried that um, people might um, pick up on what I say and stuff like that but eventually, I, I just pushed myself a bit to basically say that you know I want to be part of this because I want to come off my comfort zone. I want to like basically talk more, um, speak more freely about things and all that. So yeah, like, um, I think that this podcast actually helped me come off my comfort zone in the sense that um, I am now expressing myself a lot more freely because, uh, for example, like even in classes and all that, when I have like group discussions and and the like, um, I do express myself quite freely, but. At the back of my head, I always wonder whether or not what I say might cause um, offense or could it be misinterpreted or misconstrued. So I'm obviously, I'm very careful what I say, which is why sometimes in class, like some of my classmates would probably say that I can be quite quiet in classes, in class discussions because basically I'm worried about what I say. So I'd rather just think on my own rather than say it out. But this podcast has actually made me express myself more freely because firstly, like, you know, you are. Yeah, there. So um, I'm comfortable like speaking freely around you, for example. So I could express myself freely, and but having them published was me coming on my comfort zone because I can be quite. I think I'm noisy offline, but I'm quite quiet online. So, (laughs) so yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also question like, what do people think of what we're doing? You get what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Also, wait before that, right? I think it's quite interesting because. Um. So you mentioned about how you don't speak out in class because you are scared of offending people or scared you say mm-hmm. the wrong thing. I think it's interesting because for me, I don't speak out in class because, okay, maybe that as well, but I think my fear of not speaking out is mostly the fear of people not wanting to listen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like like what if like, you know, for example, if I'm in a group and then I say something and then, like, people just ignore me. I think that, that is my fear and that is that is why I don't usually speak up. But, yeah, I think I think back to the podcast thing, right? I think this is very different because when I wanted to start it, uh, which is why I, I asked Chris to join me because I didn't want to do it alone. Because I think doing it alone mm. was really, really scary. Um, because it's different from, like, mess up, you know like running for for a position in myself it's like people know that that position is necessary and and it has mm-hmm. to be filled. but then for this podcast right it's like you know it's like it's not necessary so i i i was afraid that people will, will be thinking like oh you know like what's the point like who wants to listen to you talk yeah yeah so so that was what i was afraid of and then like oh what what if people don't tune in so yeah i think that that was scary about starting this podcast.
0: Yeah, that was the thing. Like, I think that that's a very good point because um, the fear of like you mentioned earlier on, like the fear of that one thing, uh, people not wanting to listen to you. I think that sometimes I do worry that, um, for example, like in this uh, um, like in the podcast, for example, like there might be things in which people might not necessarily be too interested in. So that was one of my um concerns in the sense that, like, what if we talk about this topic? Like, for example, like I think that um the episode that we did with um Akan. Uh, it was about the one love. about love. Right? Love, yeah, yeah. That that was one that was actually like really like that was like really like I was just like hitting my head I was just like, <laughs> going to say? That because that actually really made me like come out of my comfort zone. Because like I don't talk about those things like in public. In public, like, yeah. I've spoken about it with you, with like close friends and all that. Um, but like on the podcast, I was just like for uh, someone like me, like, what am I going to say? So that that was me coming out my comfort zone. I think that we did okay for that one. So I think that this podcast has in many ways actually helped us to come out in the comfort zone. Like, for example, like the one, the topic that we did about, like, racism as well, like, um, a lot of people probably wouldn't be too comfortable talking about that um, um online, particularly in, like, a country like Malaysia in which these kind of things is probably quite contentious. And I think that the fact that we actually discussed it was good. And we actually really did come out of our comfort zone for that one. So yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I think also like controversial topics, like maybe you know the tuition fees. Um. Mm-hmm. You know what if people think differently? I think among our friend circle, like uh, um, among our social circle, like obviously people think the same way as us. But I think I was also quite quite scared of sharing it on like on like LinkedIn, for example, where my lecturers are actually yeah. there. Right. <laughs> so yeah so I think it's it's more of these kind of like controversial topics that are that are a bit you know a bit scary to talk about so mm-hmm. yeah also one more thing right I think that um okay, so what what do you think do you think that we are the least vulnerable at our age because we are young right and we don't have much to fear about so for example like um so my mom always always told me right that Um, when she was in my age, she was very fearless. Like, she could feel like she could do anything. But then, um, she started to feel a lot more vulnerable when she started to build her own family. Like, uh, getting married and having children especially because there are so many things that are out of your control now that you really care about. Like, for example, your children, right? You can't, like, control them, but... Your happiness like relies on your children. so it makes you become so vulnerable because your happiness is like expanded. It's not just coming from you yourself. Whereas for us now, when we are young, right, I think we are more like carefree.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I, I think I, I definitely agree with your point that um, uh, I think I, I kind of agree with what your mom thinks, which is that what a lot of people would say, which is that um, we are probably the least, least vulnerable in our at our age. Like obviously, like, I think that like, all of us have. Um, different kinds of vulnerabilities. I don't think there's a need for us to go too deep into it because um, everyone's vulnerabilities are probably um, different. But I think that we have a lot less to worry about to a certain extent at this age. I think we are more free to do whatever we want to do without much consequences on others except ourselves, probably. Because, like, say, for example, like parents, for example, um, whatever decisions that they take, they'll have to like consider the impact on their kids and all that. So I think they're more vulnerable in that way. But I do think that actually, perhaps now in this age, young people are probably more vulnerable than our parents in a certain way, in the sense that I think like we have social media right now, right? And I think that a lot of people who have tried to like rise to the top, like basically people in their 20s or early 30s right now, especially in public life, they've become very vulnerable in the sense that because of like in the internet, social media, and all that, there are things that people can pick on right now. Basically, stupid things that you said online when you were a kid, and it starts to get um, taken out and all that. So I think that in that way, we're probably more vulnerable right now, because um, people can actually have evidence to back up our weaknesses, if you got what I mean, especially if they are online. So I do think that we are not as vulnerable as um, older people because we are on our own for now. But I think that comparatively, if we we live in different areas, so we might be more vulnerable because like, um, I don't know if this is related or not, but then, so basically some time ago, I think about a month or so ago, like Singapore had an election and there was this very young opposition candidate. Um, She she won her seat. She won her seat in the election anyway, but basically people started to dig out things that she said in the past on social media. And it's like she had to apologize, right? Like you know, she I, had, I can't remember if she apologized it or not. But then she basically said that she apologized if what she said had caused friends and all that. So I so in that way, I think we're more vulnerable, lah. I mean, for example, like imagine if something we say over here right now, like it's over here, you get what I mean? And ten years from now, somebody can take it out and say that you know this person said this in the past. You get what I mean? So we could be more vulnerable in that way. But I do agree, like on a whole, we're probably they are probably more free to do whatever you want. But of course, we we do have to consider a lot of other factors as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think also about this, especially for famous people, right? It's like, people like to dig up their past, and then mm-hmm. the thing is, like, people also take things out of context. Like, yep. actually, yeah, like, what you say is true, like, like, us recording this podcast now is potentially... Dangerous for <laughs> our future because, like, we talk, talk, right? And then it's mm-hmm. very easy to take things out of context, and then, correct? Yeah, and then, like, um, I think a lot of like famous actors and YouTubers are like getting, I know they call it getting cancelled as well because of, a, yeah, maybe like a tweet that they posted 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Um, I think, uh, oh, I think, have you heard of the Jenna Marbles incident?
0: Um, no, actually, what's it about?
1: So basically she made a video, she's like a famous YouTuber, she made a video many, many years ago. Um I think okay, I don't want to get this wrong, but I think she was in- impersonating uh Nicki Minaj or something and she had uh she had a 10. and she she said mm, that okay. she said that the 10 wasn't intentional but people started to get Really angry recently, and the thing is, the video was posted, for example, like five years ago. At that time, no one was no one was sensitive about it. But then now, because of um uh, because of maybe because of the Black Lives Matter movement, or uh, maybe people are just getting a, a lot more sensitive in general. Um yeah, so I think I think the internet is like a place where everyone. I think we talked about this in our period, so so it's like everyone yeah, we did. has a voice. We did, yeah. Yeah, everyone has a voice, right? And I don't know, sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes it, it also can be a bad thing where everyone can say something and it, it doesn't even have to make sense. But as long as it makes noise, it it gets people's attention. And I think I think that takes a toll on like, especially like famous people. Like.
0: Yeah, I think that the bottom line is basically this. I think that um, obviously um, for um, like people have like, purposely had panned themselves, uh, um, did like backface and stuff like that. Um, those acts actually like it's wrong. And people if they have did it, if they've done it if they've done it in the past and it gets exposed, I think the best way that people can actually um, move on from it is basically like be genuinely apologetic about it. Um so in that regard, that like people should be apologetic about it and all that. But I do think that um we are in this social media age, right? Like, you know, very likely for a lot of people um, what they said in the past will be picked up on, like such as those incidences and all that. Like even the prime minister of like Canada was like, um he was, people published a young, a picture of him and he was like 20-something, like basically purposely tanning himself at a party and all that. Like, so we, the thing I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that um. um we're more vulnerable in those regards because there are actually evidence about it and all that, especially with social media. But I think that we have to just, um I don't think we have to be, we shouldn't be like bogged down with the fear that this is going to happen in the past because I think that what's important is that like if ever somebody exposes something people do in the past, like we can't just like, we shouldn't just like sanitize our hands off it and say that, oh no, we didn't do it and stuff like that. Like if we made a mistake, we can just apologize for it, mean it. Like I think that you're, your current actions probably matter more than your past. But it does make us a lot more vulnerable because um, the period in which that mistake that you made in the past is exposed, and now it's probably going to be, it's going to have a lot of impact on people. So yeah, that's why we're more vulnerable, I think. Like, you know, we can we can clear up the air about it um, later on, but the moment it first gets exposed, I think it's really bad. So in that regard, yeah, we're definitely a lot more vulnerable right now. The fact is that, you know, um, for example, I brought up like, the idea of like the prime minister of Canada, for example, like there they wasn't even social media back then; it was a picture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a picture, and that so that already like exposed his weakness in that regard. Um, now we we have like social media; it's like literally like it's, it's recorded, you know. So I, so in that regard, I'm the point that yeah, we are definitely more vulnerable, definitely. But I think that um, we shouldn't force ourselves not to come off our of comfort zones because we are worried of the ramifications in the future. I think that um, I think we all make mistakes, but we, we have to like judge for ourselves whether or not what we're doing right now is wrong. You know?
1: So I think what, what uh, you are talking about is control. So maybe what people do to avoid vulnerability vulnerability is they control things in their life. So for example we were talking about social media right um, if we don't want people to take whatever we say online out of context or they don't want or if we don't want people to dig up whatever we say on social media then we control whatever we say on social media or for example if um, like we mentioned about parenting just now if let's say the the parent wants the best for the child the parent ends mm-hmm. up controlling the child and and dictating Correct. what they do in their lives. So I think people control things to avoid vulnerability, but the problem is that when we control too much, right, I think it defeats the purpose in the first place. Like, um, I think we, we do need vulnerable moments to to live our life, right? For example, like, um, okay, this, this is a cringe example, but I think, I think it's a relevant <laughs> example. Like, for example, if you want to confess to someone, or if you want to say that, that you you like this person. If you want to tell this person, you have to feel vulnerable to be able to to say something like that because you don't know if the person likes you back. But then, if you control yourself to avoid this vulnerability, you end up not saying it, and then like you don't know. Like, what if the girl like likes likes you back, and you are missing all this all these opportunities in life if you keep controlling and holding back to avoid um to avoid vulner- vulnerability, like making the first move and all that. So. Mm, yeah so maybe before we end right maybe we can just um mm, can just bring up a bit about self love as well so do you think that people who um people who have self love are less vulnerable so for example um if let's say I entered uni with like a ton of self love <laughs> and I wouldn't be afraid <laughs> of being alone I don't know if I will feel as vulnerable but I, I don't know, I don't I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like a linear relationship where you can say like one or another, but yeah, do you think that vulnerability can be reduced with self love?
0: I think that yeah, definitely. I think vulnerabilities can be re- can be reduced with self love, definitely. Because I think that a lot of problems that people have, like, internally, I think is very often as a result of like, you know, not loving yourself enough. I hope I could be wrong about this. I don't know. But um, I think that, yeah, definitely. I think if people have more self-love, they're probably less vulnerable. But that being said, like people who self-love themselves a lot, I think that in a certain way, it's often sometimes like, for example, it's maybe it's their ability to like nurse their own wounds on their own, if you get what I mean. But if someone just appears in uh, like their life and is able to make them like feel like uh, more loved and stuff like right? I think that's when they could become vulnerable as well because I think that I mean this happens in the movies all the time like this is probably a bit cringe as well but you know there are very like many like strong-willed people and then when they find someone in life they just they're vulnerable they just like let go of everything you know what I mean yeah, they become vulnerable yeah. to that person so I think that everybody is probably vulnerable in their own ways it's just how vulnerable and whether or not it gets exposed or not I, I don't know if this makes sense
1: yeah yeah yeah,
0: um. yeah, yeah. Probably everybody is vulnerable. Yeah, it's it's probably a scale, I think, of how much and how they deal with it. But what you said is actually true. Like, um, I think that we shouldn't have to be too worried about um, controlling our thoughts and all that. Like, obviously, like if what you're saying is downright racist, then don't say it. You know, like control yourself in that regard. Like, don't say it. Don't be stupid. But. Um, there are a lot of other things in which you don't really have to be too concerned about, you know, like you don't have to control every single thing that you do out of fear of being judged, out of fear that it's going to be used against you because like, I completely agree with your point that um, um, we need to have like vulnerable moments to actually live our lives uh, because if we end up controlling ourselves, there are many things that we cannot do. But obviously, I'm just going to like assert this again, like reiterate, which is that, but it really matters on we have to be a bit intelligent with good judgment about these things because if you're going to say something just like completely ludicrous, then just don't because it's inflicting harm on yourself as well. So, yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I think vulnerability is like, it's a part of life and we shouldn't really like avoid it too much because I think mm. um if you talk about emotions, right, maybe because I think Uh, emotions is linked to vulnerability a lot. So, if we want to avoid vulnerability, we numb our emotions. But if we numb our emotions, yes, we avoid feeling sadness, but we also avoid feeling happiness, uh, joy. Um, I I can't think of anything else, but yeah, I I think you guys guys get what I mean. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's more of like you have to feel everything or not you you'll feel nothing. So I think if you try to avoid vulnerability and going out of comfort zones, I think um yeah, you end up being a robot. Lah. I think I think that shouldn't be yeah. the way. Yeah, because you by by accepting that you can feel vulnerable at certain points in your life, I think that would um, end up opening a lot of doors in your life that you may like find happiness there oh my god this and and ended up being quite cringe like more cringe than I expected so yeah so um, I think we've come to the end of this episode do you have anything else to say last words
0: um, nope I hope everyone enjoyed this episode and um, for those in Sheffield those who study in Sheffield I hope to see you guys <laughs>